I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. When working on a back injury, coming from a back injury, the biggest mistake most people make for their spine is that they want to build strength before they build muscular endurance. It's a series of corrective exercises specifically designed to address the leading causes of chronic pain. It starts to shift. People, I'll hear people go, I was in the shower and I found myself going into the founder to pick something up. Your brain starts to go, wow, I feel better when I move this way. And you're subconsciously building muscular endurance. That everyone is Jesse Salas, and he's the program director at Foundation Training. Foundation Training is a series of body weight exercises that activates your posterior muscle chain, anchors the hips, decompresses the spine and teaches you that the burden of supporting the body out of your joints and put it where it belongs in your muscles. This is the most effective back strengthening and back injury repair approach that I've ever seen. And I have personally seen 30 to 40 people totally change their back health, get stronger, repair injury through this very specific training modality. It's, you can think of it a little bit like uh, like standing yoga if you're looking for a mental picture, but what it does is it makes your entire back strong through strengthening your core, activating muscles. You know, we all know that when you're lifting heavy stuff, you don't lift with your back, you lift with your legs and the form is really important. You know, so many people have back injuries that they've been dealing with for a long, long time and nothing seems to work. This is the solution. There is a 12-minute video on YouTube that is in the show notes that links to uh, the foundation training that has 7 million views. I myself have used it daily off and on when I feel like my back gets tweaked doing this thing or that thing. But in this conversation, we talk all about how to heal your back through specific foundation training exercises. We talk about back injury myths, how not to heal a back injury and how the most elite athletes on the planet sometimes get bad advice from their doctors about their back. We talk also about why your spine doesn't need to be overly flexible. I know that this is a little bit different than what maybe uh, a, a yogi might tell you. Super fascinating episode with really one of the, the world's leading experts in strengthening the back. Jesse's Instagram, which is Coach J Salas, is one of the most informative and instructive uh, resources for some of these exercises uh, that if you start doing, you're going to have better posture, you're going to have a stronger back, and you're going to have an easier time doing the normal things that you can't do when your back is injured. Super interesting episode. I know that you're going to get a ton out of this. If you or you, someone you know has a bad back, a sore back, a messed up back, an injured back, please listen to this episode, subscribe to this podcast, share this with your friends, and uh, thank you for supporting this podcast. You can get a discount on the month or the annual subscription. If you go to foundationtraining.com and use the code OPP, you'll get 20% off of these incredible resources to really save your back, get stronger. This stuff works. Super excited to bring you this episode, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Salas. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. 
Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And I'm here with Jesse Salas. He's the program director for Foundation Training. Jesse, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. Excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'd love to start with some some big, big stuff where you're going to grab people's attention, you know? Are most people's backs screwed up? Most people back. So what I'd say is it's not in, in whenever I think of being screwed up, I always go, let's step aside from the diagnosis. Most people that come to me, I always start by saying, do you have a diagnosis? Great. Are you, I, that's, that's not even my biggest concern. Are you cleared to start work, doing physical therapy? Are you cleared to be doing activity? Yes. Cool. Let's get to moving. I've had so many people that are under the mindset that they're screwed up. Their back is a mess that they're broken and they, they start doing the work, they start getting the movement and they start seeing a shift in the way they're feeling. And what I tell everybody is that I'm not structurally changing anything. I'm not suddenly fixing X, Y, and Z in your back. What I'm doing though, is I'm getting the muscles around these screwed up areas to do their job, to support you. We're getting you moving and we're getting you moving in ways that continuously support your structure instead of grind away at it. So I'd say there are people that, yeah, they've got some serious issues, but um, I've had them with the doc saying that you're done, you're back, this is it forever. Uh, I'm going to say Hicks and Gracie is, is probably my most standout where it was the best docs in the world are saying, hey, this is just the way you're going to live and you need multiple spinal fusion surgery, you need all these things. He's living, I mean, he can't, he can't get out of bed without pain. He can't sleep. He can't take his dog for long walks without having to stop and try to stretch it out. He can't sit. It, it was the way he described it to me was hell. And I didn't do anything outside of typical foundation training, but delivered very, very specifically. And so I told him, I'm not changing the status of your spine. What I'm doing is giving it the necessary support that it needs by retraining the way you're moving. So I'd say it's more, again, not all, uh, but nine times out of 10 with the people I end up working with, it's not their spine is screwed up. Whatever it looks like, it is what it is. It's the way they're moving, the way they're holding themselves, the way they're living 99% of the time throughout the day. And Hicks is, Hicks is on a complete shift. I mean, talk about a guy that was so, what you'd expect, the most critical of me when I showed up, he was accepting, he was willing to, to curiously explore the work with me, but it wasn't until day three that he actually brother, this is changing my life. Mm. You're not just a snake oil salesman. You're, I'm, it's starting to make sense what's going on here. So that to me is always my story for anybody that's going, am I screwed up? It's like, you might have some serious things going on, but once you got that, okay, we have something to work with. And then we start applying and seeing what gets us out of pain. How do we shift it? That, that story for context, you know, I think a lot of people know who Hicks and Gracie is, but for a guy who has, who is arguably the most important uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu player in the entire planet, in the history of the planet, for, for him to get that sort of uh, medical advice, fusion surgeries, you're screwed, man, it's all done for you. And, and, and he's got access to like the best of the best in the world everybody wants to help Hicks and Gracie. And then for have to have you come in and just in three days, 
have a drastic impact really speaks to the effectiveness, the effectiveness of the approach. And I just think, I, I, I mean, that, that is, that I'm really glad that you started with that story because that does kind of put things into perspective. Um, another, so, so I want I want to stay on sort of people's perception of their back, because I think that for a lot of people, how they think of their bodies is, is important to how they live, you know, and if you've convinced yourself that your back is screwed, then, um, then you're in some trouble. So when, when we look at the back, when we look at when someone says, Hey, like my back hurts, my posture's not good. I have soreness. I can't get out of bed. Like I can't bend, bend over and pick up the groceries. Uh, there is a long backstory to where they got there. Right. And, and mm. I'm curious about whether or not people's awareness of what their back is doing is ever really accurate? You know, is it a muscle thing? Is it a, is it a spinal alignment thing? Like how often do people actually know what's going on in their own back? You know, it, it's, this is a, a great question, Sean. And what I go to is um, we live in a way now where we're so detached from our environment and we're so detached from, from kind of being in tune with our body. You know, we, we're on our phones, we're on TV and, and you, you can read enough about this now that we're, we're kind of pulling ourselves out of our body and putting our mind everywhere else. And so it seems very often that, that um, when I start doing the work with people, what I notice is that they don't have proprioception. They don't know. I'll say, let's bring the chest up. Let's lengthen the back neck. And we go, I, I'm looking to uh, address by starting, elevate the chest, lengthen the back neck. So we're sitting up tall, think of good posture. And when I, I see that, I watch, I'd say more than half head tracks forward. I'll say chest up, neck long, and they lean way back. And it's just kind of showing what Dr. Goodman talked about in his TED Talk, the passive adaptation to our surroundings. And so, you know, when you say like people waking up in back pain and, and how in tune are they, I, I'd say that... Um, the cool side effect of doing foundation training is that it turns up that volume. It turns up this awareness for people to the vessel they're traveling in, to this thing that we want to really get to know well. And, and I'd say it's not you. I'd say it's very powerfully done in foundation training, but it's not unique. I'd say that's something that for our yogi practitioners, for our Pilates practitioners, people that do Qigong, martial arts, they have a good awareness. But what I have collectively seen is all of those people benefit when I thread in foundation training to them for the pain symptom areas. Because I know people can tell story after story of yoga helped with this, Pilates helped with that, and they have done amazing things. But I get countless yogis, countless Pilates practitioners, countless chiropractors, physios, you name it, going, what was it about this that helped me get out of pain? And these are people that work with their body and work with other bodies. So I'd say collectively the way we're living our lives where, you know, if you look at Joe Dispenza's work of putting mind-body connection, in our modern society, it takes a lot of work to start tuning in more. And we see it, we see it even with our surfers and jujitsu guys. I'm working with some very high-level jujitsu practitioners. And those guys, I mean, if you've done any jujitsu, um, they know their bodies very well. I mean, they're playing the game of, of surfing each other and looking for these openings and feel and tension and, and all of this stuff. And so 
when I watch them and I notice the same things where we're adapting to our sport, we're adapting to our surroundings. And so that's very passive. And my biggest thing is taking people back into their body, realign, find that neutral balance so that we are living in the muscles, uniformly balanced, not into what Dr. Goodman talks about again, secondary support, ligaments, and uh, think of the, the joints and the ligaments, that stuff without elasticity. So when we're collapsing in and suddenly it's like, I don't, I don't know where anything is in space or I'm really good at this thing. I'm really good at leveraging these specific muscles. But when you ask me to use the little support system, it's not happening. And so um, that's a really long answer. But what I'd say is that uh, I think we're really tuned in to the things that we're doing the most where that sitting often we're very tuned into that and very tuned out of our system. So, um, you know, it's, it's a really a tough one. Cause I think that people have body awareness to the extent that they actively pursue it. And mm. so it, the breath practitioner, those that really push into breathing, they're going to find a better breath awareness. And I'd say, again, that's what made me be like for everybody there's a benefit to foundation. If you want to see a, an improvement in your breath practice, I can give you a, a million reasons why doing foundation training will make your breathing practice better, no matter what, what background you're in. And if anybody out there is going, what's a big takeaway from all this, get really good at your breathing and you're going to see everything else kind of come into honed focus. Hmm. Awesome. It's interesting because it's uh it's 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 tough to generalize because everybody's dealing with such different stuff. Um, and and I purposely asked that question because I I think that there is a spectrum. Some people some people say, hey, I know my body really well, and they don't. And some people say, I don't know my body at all, and they actually kind of do, you know, like they're listening to the signals that they're getting from uh from their back or from their posture. If you had to explain foundation training to an intelligent third grader. How would you explain that? All right. I, I, I like to think this is my specialization. Having been a fireman, I, uh, I try to break it down simplistic, simplistic. So uh, when people ask me, what is foundation training? Uh, if I want to go to the, the most simplistic version is it's a series of corrective exercises specifically designed to address the leading causes of chronic pain. So I'm going to shift the way you're moving through these exercises to balance out the way your muscles are pulling on your skeletal frame so that they are evenly sharing the load and not kind of dumping into what is actually the support structure itself. And so most simplistic, I'm going to take your posture from collapsed, hips tucked under you, legs turned out, shoulders rounded in, head tracking forward. And you can say this is the popular desk posture. I'll say this is also my jujitsu guys. This is driving long hours. This is sitting on a plane. I'm going to take all that. I'm going to challenge your body against itself to balance things back to a neutral tensioned system and then send you out to your day and whatever you go on to do. At the end of the day, I'm going to say, let's challenge it one more time and balance the way the muscles are pulling again. So it's corrective exercise. It can be done specifically as a healing modality like I did with Hicks and Gracie. It can be done as a maintenance modality in a class format. Um, it's all been specifically designed by a doctor. That seems to help a lot of people when I say, hey, this is from a doctor. Um, but it, it's been 
specifically coordinated and put together through Dr. Goodman's experiences of what was healing his back and then him putting his education and brain behind these, these specific things and kind of developing over the years, this specific program. Hmm. Well, so well I don't know if that was simple or not. <laughs> no, I think, I think that the third graders listening right now track that just fine. Uh, I think that one of the major benefits, what, what makes foundation training, and I'll talk about a little bit later, I'll share my experience and my recovery from a motor, motorcycle accident using foundation mm-hmm. training just by myself. And, but I think one of the greatest assets of foundation training is the simplicity of the postures and the movements. And uh, they're kind of fun too. When you get into that right movement, you know, for an example, putting your fingertips uh, together in front of you and extending out with a strong core and your inside of your big toe pressing into the ground, there's a, there's a, there's a yogic sort of feeling, a sort of posture in that. That's like, Oh, this is actually, Oh, this makes sense. My body likes this posture. This is kind of fun. This is, this is not, uh, it's not hard. It may not be easy to understand what it's doing, but the, the simplicity of it, I think is, is a major benefit. So now that you've explained to us what foundation training is and sort of where it came from, obviously there's, it's a lot of things, but, um, maybe walk us through what a typical, everybody's back is different, but what a sort of typical experience with, with foundation training looks like for some folks. Okay. Typical. This is just yoga. Why am I going to do this? Typical. This is too simple to help my back. I've heard that one. And then we recommend just trying it and people try it. And there's just this, moment where it's like they're going through it and then all of a sudden they, they, there's a shift and I, I I look for it again and again when I work specifically with somebody is I, I look for that moment where I go I got you I got you <laughs> because there's a clear shift on their face and, and like you're talking about it's like that yogic sense of like oh something's different here um, very often people wind up finding that it's far more challenging than they expected and mm. sometimes it can be even overwhelming. And I'd say that overwhelming sense goes back to um, kind of what we were talking about of the body awareness. There's a lot, as, as people really get into the work, there starts to be a lot of elements that you're supposed to be able, that not supposed to, that you learn to coordinate. You know, like you said, toes turned in, fingertips squeezing, lengthening the back neck, expanding the rib cage, hinging the hips back behind the heels, anchoring inward, anchoring outward, lengthening and then being able to maintain all those very quickly people and here's a challenge for anybody listening going oh it sounds simplistic or as you said body awareness challenge you body awareness do one of the workouts and go can i maintain all of these point elements that jesse's talking about in a position when you're rooting into the feet your three points of contact pat at the base of the big toe pinky toe and heel can you root into all three maintain them as you spread out the toes and grab the ground, most people will grab with their toes and pull points off. They'll rotate out to the edge of their feet or they'll collapse in. Can we keep all three? Can we tension the feet towards center, causing a isometric bilateral contraction? So up the inside thighs that you'll generally feel done correctly, 
up the inner thighs connecting to the pelvis. And that's very specific to Dr. Goodman's balancing back pain. Inner thighs are adductors for anybody that's not sure, but your inner thighs play a massive role in stability for the low back. And you can read that in Dr. Goodman's book, True to Form. But can we maintain that connection while we hinge the hips back and feel the back of the hamstring engaged? Do we have that? Cool. Can you squeeze the fingertips while keeping the chest up the neck long and expand the rib cage and then engage the abdominal on the exhale? And that suddenly becomes a whole lot of stuff going on. And what I find people, and I'm going to say the coolest ones uh, as of recent was, I'm working with a couple of very high-level jujitsu brothers. Uh, they're twins named uh, Cade and Ty and the Rotolo brothers. And they both are like, bro, I'm doing it in one minute. And they're young. They're 19. They're not, they didn't come to me in pain. They wanted to get stronger. And their doctor said, you need to work with Jesse. Bro, I'm doing this thing. I'm squeezing my finger. Do you tell me to breathe? And you say feet. And I forget that, oh, crap, I don't have the, the, the connection between my feet anymore. And these guys are, if you watch them, they are the elite of the game. And that right there, they're going aha moments of, oh, man, I'm losing these connections. And I just tell them, that's just an ability to get your body to communicate from the ground up. And we want to get all of that on uniformly so that those muscles are behind everything you do throughout the day. So when people are learning this, they can either get overwhelmed, they can get frustrated. And then I tell them, is like, hey, these are all starting points to let you know where you are. As you get better at the work, it actually gets harder. You learn to recruit more muscle and then you learn to maintain that muscle in each exercise. And what I've had docs explain is that there comes a point in every exercise where you're even going, I, I say it's like the ice bath where you're going, oh, what the hell is going on? Oh, how much longer are we going to stay in this? My low back is on fire. Very common. That's mm. the other one I want to let everybody know. If you do a workout and you're doing the foundation for the first time and you feel both sides of your low back on, like some people describe it as on fire. Some people say they feel it tightening up. I always go, if it feels like you've just done a thousand bicep curls for your low back, then you are doing it right. We're asking <laughs> your low back to do its job. You know, I, I, you've done it. And so, you know, I see you smirking. You know what I'm talking about. That's what you're looking for. And so I say another amazing moment is that you're seeing, if it comes quick, it's just letting you know how poor your low back endurance is. This episode is brought to you by the Spartan Race. You know, I have always admired the people that I've seen online, social media, who go out and do these sorts of obstacle course races because I've never done one. And so I'm doing one. And I invite you to come along with me. On August 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seattle Spartan Race. And I would love for you to meet me there. Uh, I've started my training already. And I'm really looking forward to pushing myself. You see, I hate running. Even though I was a college athlete, I hate running. And the idea of pushing myself to this level to do something hard with this massive reward of completion is something that I'm really excited to try. And Spartan has given me a bunch of free tickets to give away. All you've got to do is film a short video of yourself training for the Spartan race and then use hashtag Spartan training and that will get you a free ticket. You can tag me too at real Sean McCormick. Just post a picture or a video of yourself training for the Spartan race. Use hashtag Spartan training and you'll get a free ticket. It's super simple, super easy. 
I mean, you can't beat that offer. I would love to meet some of the, my local Pacific Northwest friends and listeners of this podcast. And I'm also getting my kids involved. So hopefully I will see you at the Spartan race in August. Man, there's there's so much in this because we all have backs and we all sit mm-hmm. sometimes. And it's it's uh, I think it's a little tough kind of to, to move, uh, to, to wrap your brain around a little bit. But what you're talking about is these, these little points in the body that indicate, uh, you know, sort of proper posture in these various movements that will work for you, not against you. And um, one thing that I'll share just really quickly is, you know, there's this one video that I found uh, on YouTube and everybody, I mean, it's got 7 million views. It's a foundation training, uh, original 12 minutes. And that's all I did. After a couple of weeks of doing this every single day, I found that it was more work to have bad posture. It, it, It was more work to have my arms out in front of me on my desk it was like my body was actually entraining itself to have proper posture. And when I deviated from that posture and my shoulders rolled forward or my chin came forward, my body was like, this ain't right. This doesn't, this isn't like, Sean, you're doing this wrong. You're, you're, you're just, your, your posture is off right now. You prefer to have more upright chin back. Like, so it's, it's this funny effect that when it starts to click for real and you develop those muscles over time and your, and your posture is correct, then having shitty posture is way more noticeable. Um, and, and I think what you're, what you're saying there is that like, man, my back is screaming. It's on fire. Oh my God is like, how long do I have to hold this pose for another 10 seconds? I'm going to friggin' fall over. And then when you're done, you're like, Oh, everything's just like activated all over, all the way up and down. And that changes, uh, that changes the whole thing. It changes the whole way that you see and feel your body. So uh, we'll, we'll bounce around quite a bit, but how bad is sitting for your back? <laughs> so yeah, the, the whole idea of sitting is the new smoking. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of research around the, the negative side effects of, of long time sitting. But what I go back to is um, there, there's inevitabilities of life. And so like I fly five hours, it's, it's like a, a typical flight for me. So what I'd say is this, is that I don't, there is a lot of research about the effects of sitting. But what I'll say is if you consciously make an effort to get up and move around, if you can consciously, if you, if you are one of these people that are at a desk all day long and you can consciously, you know, get a standing desk, but again, you can, you can take poor sitting posture and you can stand poorly. You can, mm-hmm. you can exacerbate and play into it. Cause if I go from sitting for too long and I stand up and I'm still just collapsing in and now I'm standing with my hips tucked under me, my shoulders rounded over my head forward and nothing's changed. I've just stood up. Yeah, you're doing some benefits for internal processes, but structurally, you're still just collapsing down into these pressure points along the frame. And, and so what I go back to is um, there's enough research out there. There's enough books out there from, you know, uh, Aaron Alexander's Align uh, book talking about a floor routine. I go back to I look at, um, you know, Ben Greenfield's book, Boundless. He talks about a, a floor routine. There's there's been so many things from Dr. McCall and everybody else. What I encourage people to do is recognize the importance of 
breaking it up and getting a movement snack. And I, and I like people to think that rather than being stuck on the idea that sitting is this horrific thing is inactivity is a really big one. And so recognizing that your body is meant to move and by getting, I, I'd say getting snacks throughout the day of movement, you know, instead of just sitting all day long. And I stole that, by the way, I just got to be oh, really? I'm always a movement pay snack. <laughs> I'm always going to pay credit. So getting a movement snack and, and it doesn't have to be a big one, you know, like that's the thing is if you can, if you can recognize that, Hey, you did a 12 minute workout and you like over time you went, Holy crap. My posture had this huge effect. Sitting for long periods of time, your body starts to, I think the idea is like 20 minutes in the sitting and creep starts to set in where your mm -hmm. body starts to solidify and adapt to that position. So keep that in mind. Work is going to have its demand. We've got to be, we got to honor those things. So what I go to everybody is that if you can get movement snacks and a snack can be two and a half minutes, five minutes, it can be literally standing up, bringing the chest up, lengthening the back neck, floating the arms out and going for 10 to 15 big expansive inhalations where you're working to open up the rib cage. If you just get good at decompression breathing, and there's a free video on YouTube on how to do it. But if you can learn how to do that and do it well, the whole idea that I tell people is that you're breathing to expand and that's going to start to shift your posture very quickly. That's why it's in, you know, if you look in Ben Greenfield's book, there's two portions where foundation training is in it. And one is under powerful breathing and you'll find decompression breathing. And in the movement section, you'll find a whole bunch of foundation training. And so what I look at is that wake up in the morning and honor your DNA move a little bit. I, I encourage people find three or four foundation training exercise that work really well for you and wake up, get some water, use the bathroom, and then give yourself five minutes to do those. If you have the app, we you know, our streaming website, pick your favorite workout, keep it safe, wake up and religiously put that on before anything else and allow yourself some time to move and check in with how you're feeling. Going through the day and having where you're getting these two to five minute routines multiple times a day, as opposed to waiting for that one big hit to address mm. all of the sitting. Mm. Um, and then like, you know, the other one is, can I, can I just clarify yeah, what you please, mean by that? Please. So, so it's better to, it's better to, and, and I've heard 20 minutes before I've heard 20 minutes for eyesight on the computer. I've heard 20 minutes for, for movement, um, 20 minutes for, effective time lengths that you can focus. So it's better to get up and move a little bit every 20 minutes than to sit in your chair and try to, you know, hammer through all of your work and then delay your act, your workout till, you know, five 30 and then go out and try to crush it. That it's fine. Cool. Work out, do that. But you're saying that it's better to break up these moments of sitting with, with more frequent movement throughout the day, rather than trying to get it all done later. Absolutely. And I would say, not only are you going to, are you going to say, I, I will stand behind this time. And again, you will save your body in the long run, because if you're sitting all day and your hips are, and you've adapted to that posture and position, because mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. If I can do all the foundation training in the world, but if I sit for five to 10 hours of travel or three to four hours and I just get up and think I'm going to go and do all this stuff, my body's been tensioned in that position. You're, you're going to save yourself breakdowns. You're going to have better performance. And I would say 
the the time and again testimonials I've had from people going, dude, that's such a change for me. That mm-hmm. helps so much. Oh, wait a minute. Two to five. And I, we have a desk uh, an office program specifically of two to five minute long workouts for the person at their desk that needs to break it up because, hey, stand up and go through hip hinges. Thread. I mean, I tell people go to YouTube, thread a 12 minute workout three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. See how you feel. Or mm-hmm. Try and then play with that for two weeks. Play with doing a two to five minute foundation training routine. I, I'm just going to be a big advocate of sitting, get hip hinging in. You need to be thinking about the key ideas of the internal rotation that happens. Um, you want to balance because if you're sitting for long periods, yeah, we get the rounded shoulders, the head tracking forward. But the big one that that really blew my mind from Dr. But again, is that the legs externally rotate. So what does that mean? They kind of have the idea that they spin out. So think of your legs start to naturally get stuck facing in the beginning, 11 o'clock and one o'clock. And then next thing you know, if you look down, your feet are looking at 10 o'clock and two o'clock. So you've got this duck twist out now, or not even duck, ducks are pigeon toed. They're, they're, they're pointed out and you see that whole idea of knock knees, but where people start leading when they're walking, their inner thighs are leading the way instead of their toes and mm. the inner edges of their feet and the hips tuck under us. So again, this goes back to fundamental foundation training, but that adaptation leads to that pelvis tucked under you. And then what we see time and again is that people are rounding from their low back instead of hinging at their hips and using major muscle. So if, if nothing else, stand up and go through some slow and controlled hip hinges. Put your hands on your desk, pull your hips away from the desk and feel the mm-hmm. back of your legs tension. Then float the hands up and go through some founders. But that's going to give you at least a subtle counter. But I'll tell everybody is that it's, it, there comes a point where it's got, you got to have those, those longer bouts, but breaking it up and then getting in a longer bout for me is 10 to 15 minutes. You know, like it doesn't Sitting? need to be crazy. No, working, exercise, oh. exercise. No, sitting though, I say for everybody is like my desk at home is literally my couch is the desk and I sit on the floor and work from there. That's my desk. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I thank God for ADD. I'm, I'm constantly changing positions. And it was um, all inspired from a, another movement modality called Janaska Natural. And what's funny is I've since seen like, you know, all these books talking about floor routines and floor programs. I'm going, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I, I was on to something, I, you know, but uh, the Janaska Natural is a movement modality from a, a gentleman named uh, Professor Alvaro Romano. And it's, it, think of yoga and jujitsu movements blended together in a very dynamic, flowing way. And it's a lot of really cool ground exercise that I go, that paired with foundation training. Foundation training and then whatever your other favorite modalities are, but let Dr. Goodman's script to address the breakdowns come into play. And then do whatever you love and see Mm. how much better it flows. Yeah. Yeah. One of my questions was uh, how many chairs do you have in your house? Uh, (laughs) I don't probably for cut for guests, you know, (laughs) uh, no. So my, so my house is uh, on the Island of Oahu. It's a big studio. And I, I have a couch and that's my desk. Like if you come in, you'll see there's books splayed all over it. There's, there's different things. Uh, and there's a yoga mat on the floor for me to sit on where I basically work from. But then my living space area is now um, 
jujitsu mats. And <laughs> that's pretty much where, when my friends come over, we just hang out in there. We talk story, we move, we play. There's foam rollers, there's lacrosse balls, there's juggling balls. I've got my, my door jam pull-up bar. And um, I've just inadvertently created a space that supports my lifestyle. And it, and it, it really is just um, when friends come over, it's like, go over there. You know, that, that's pretty much what they do because it's there's my bed, there's my workspace, and there's my training area for my nice. Zoom clients and my friends to hang out at. I love that. One thing that I, I think is really noticeable, and for people who are who are drawn to aesthetics, right? You know, being able to work out really hard is great. Looking great is, I think, better for most people. They want to look great. Obviously, they're intertwined, but they want to. They want to look fit. They want to look like they work out. And I think nothing really shows results. No, nothing really conveys fitness quite like posture does. Mm. You know, if, if, and your posture and the posture of, of, uh, of a lot of these folks who are, you know, really motion experts, coaches, like your posture is insane and i i i suggest everybody go follow you on instagram it's coach j salas just just watching some of the workouts your posture is is incredible i mean your your torso is so long your your chin is is just i don't know and what that does to me i think it just conveys this level of fitness that i think a lot of people are interested in and and when someone walks into a room and they've got really great posture maybe you know maybe you're consciously noticing it but subconsciously you're definitely noticing it when someone walks in and they're sort of you know hunched over and sort of waddling back and forth coming into the room that presents a certain energy rather than someone who's chin is up their chest is up their shoulders are down and back and they walk into the room that just it just projects in a in a, in a such different way and and so if nothing else if people are listening right now they're like man i want to i want to look sexier i want to look better i want to look fit i want to look like i work out more than i do uh you should consider doing exercises that give you that insane posture that give you that correct posture for you because that that really conveys something this episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. This stuff is a game changer. You see, you might be dialed in with sleep and nutrition and stress management and exercise, but all of that hard work might be undermined by underperforming hormone levels. And there is a non-synthetic way to boost your natural growth hormone. This is an incredible product that I absolutely love. And you can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. If you're a male, especially over the age of 35, there's a really good chance that you're not creating enough growth hormone to support all of those other good lifestyle behaviors. And what BioPro Plus is, is a non-synthetic formula that you take in a sublingual little vial underneath the tongue once in the morning. And if you get the Cortisleep product, you take it at night. And what it does is, well, for me, it's supercharged my attitude. It's helped my mood. It's helped me put on lots of lean muscle mass. It's helped my libido. And it's also improved my ability to focus and have energy throughout the day so I can do all the fun things that I love to do. BioPro Plus is a unique product that includes deer antler velvet and amino acids 
and growth factors. You gotta check it out. Again, go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. This product is a game changer, believe me. I, I wanna, there's so many more things. Um, <laughs> what are some facts about the back or the spine or posture that people don't really know about? What are, what are, what's some information that you have that's like, oh, I, I never would have thought of that? Uh, the biggest one that stood out to me and I quote it all the time comes from Dr. Stuart McGill, especially with the spine, is that, um, and I'm going to relate this to people with back injuries because I think that there's always a, a confusion here, but when working on a back injury, coming from a back injury, most the biggest mistake most people make for their spine is that they want to build strength before they build muscular endurance. And so what I say for everybody is that with foundation training, why the posture side effect is we're building muscular endurance in primary stabilizers and deep stabilizers that go up your spine, up the backside of your body. You hear all time and again, posterior chain, develop the posterior chain. And I got addicted to saying that too. And then I finally had somebody go, what's the posterior chain? I'm like, oh, and I've had that question now more than not. Think of all of the, just think of the chain of muscles that run up the backside of your body, but developing muscular endurance. And that is something we do through every foundation training exercise is develop that muscular endurance. And so what I see again, is that what the heck effect, like you've talked about posture. And what I really look at is with the spine for everybody to recognize is that when I see like you said, when I see that person kind of waddling through and I see their posture, I see their spine looks like a, a, a lowercase c. They, they're rounded in, they're tucked under. And I, I see that spine and I go, that person's either in a lot of pain or they're going to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that as like, oh, look out. I say that with a lot of compassion because I've had a lot of people that come into the work and that generally the ones that in the early days I felt were like the, the, you know, the most impatient or angry or maybe mean were generally the ones in the most pain mm. and they had tried everything. So with that in mind, with the spine in mind is recognize that. And Eric said this recently, and I love it is that your spine isn't meant to be overly flexible. You know, I see that when I go to yoga and I hear yogis, and I love yoga. I've done yoga since I was 18 years old. I was that guy that wandered in. because I was like, oh, what's this class full of women? This looks cool. And I got addicted. I was a kickboxer. I was a fighter. And, uh, but when I hear teachers going, oh, one day you're going to reach the full expression of this exercise and your head's going to be able to touch your butt or this is going to touch that, I'm going, why do you want that? Well, I, I don't understand. Like, that doesn't mean greater range of motion to me nowadays does not mean you're going to be pain-free. In fact, a lot of yogis that come to us, I'm helping find spinal stability. Mm -hmm. You know, like I generally work with people that are either super rigid and stuck and I got to help them find some freedom and length. But again, stability, space that we can support. I'd say we're looking to find, we want to get your spine and your nerves and your body space, the joints space, the lungs space, the guts space. And we do that when we are doing foundation training. But uh you know, the, the, the number of yogis I've had that come because they are like Bambi, they're hypermobile and they can't find stability. And then there's people that are locked down rigid. We got to find space. So the, the spine I look at is I want to give it support. I want to give it 
that ability to have a strong supported low spine with some nice mobile upper spine, your thoracic curve. Okay, think of the rib cage up to, we'll say the base of your neck. Um, and then, uh, you know, we wanna make sure that the hips can hinge so that when you're moving, the legs are supporting a hinging hips and the spine is stable and we have that thoracic curve. I look at, I always say is look at, look at crazy weightlifters that are doing insane things. How do they do that and not get hurt? Study their biomechanics. There's a lot going on there, but they have super strong hip extensor complex. So I'm not even going to dive into all that, but think of that their hips are doing a lot of the work and their spine mm. is along for the ride. That's a very simplistic. So anybody out there like, it's not that simple. I yeah. know, but yeah. I want to keep it simple for people. And again, I'm going to quote the last one from McGill in, in uh, his book, The Ultimate Back and Performance. He talks about workers that were getting hurt. And when they looked at it, the ones that got injured the least were the ones that used their hip extensor complex. So think that they were working from their hips and their spine was along for a ride. So watch a really beautiful deadlift, a really beautiful clean and jerk snatch, whatever. Uh, low bar back squat's a great example. But the ones that got hurt often or hurt most, and I'm, I'm probably butchering this, but this part stood out, is that they lift from the tiny muscles of their spine. So they're using the spinal extensors. And if nothing else, think of that. You're lifting from the back, so you're compressing the spine to lift instead of stabilizing your spine and using your hips to lift. And I'll say for everybody, founder and a gorilla lift are going to help you really train those patterns. And those are my, some of my favorite foundation exercises to get people really good at is a gorilla lift and a founder. That's excellent. Everybody has different needs for their back, right? Yes. Whether they have injury yeah. or not, whether they're a professional rugby player or a surfer or a I've mom. I've worked with them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. yeah. Yeah, everybody needs different things, right? And and the at the foundation of the foundation training, strength, length, mechanics, all that stuff can be applied through maybe different uh, targeted exercises for whatever that need is for that person in their lifestyle, right? Absolutely. My my biggest goal is to get, you know, whether you're the professional athlete or my eighty year old mom that or sorry grandmother at this point but i want to get them where they're moving well feeling well strong and supported and then i want to get them loading their frame i want to get them moving some weight around within their uh, ability but i want to be loading their frames for so many other health benefits but because life is going to demand at some point they pick things up off the ground life is going to demand that they sit down and use the toilet life's going to demand that they can put stuff over their head so you know and Osteoporosis is a real thing. Sarcopenia is a real thing. The deterioration of bone, the deterioration of muscle, hands down, good movement, good posture, and a healthy strength program is going to support everything else they do in life. But activities and sports don't have the same carryover. So I really harp on professional athletes to, again, my yogis or my, my, you know, my mom, my dad. Hey, I want you doing your foundation every day. That can be your warm-up. It can be your day starter, whatever. But I want you doing that, and I want you moving a little bit of weight. I want you carrying some loads. I want you reminding your body what it's supposed to do because we need some specific things to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think hopefully that that sounds compelling to people. Hopefully they they become aware that there's 
that there are solutions for them that that will strengthen support repair for 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 their for their lifestyle you know uh, so i'll kind of share my my experience with, with foundation just really quickly so uh i was uh i was working uh, open float centers in seattle i was working really really long shifts at the float centers you know basically open to close i was floating a lot which is obviously really great for your back uh, but i was also hunched over at the desk a lot standing knees locked you know sort of zombie position a little bit. And so I, there, I think that there was, there was stuff going on in my back too. I was, I was, I was conditioning my back for this one posture, uh, you know, working at the front desk one night I was riding my motorcycle home and, uh, got cut off. I laid down my motorcycle. It was either hit it and fly off, ditch it, jump off or lay it down and crash it in a controlled way, which is what I did. And the whole left side of my body slammed up in against the side of the car. I, you know, I had, I had bruising from basically my neck to my ankle on my left side, you know, it was a massive injury. Um, uh, no broken bones, you know, I popped up, got my motorcycle with uh, this crazy adrenaline, this Harley 1200 pulled it off the road. Um, and didn't realize how screwed up I was physically until probably two days later uh, when I realized that I couldn't sleep and my alignment was off and all stuff. And I, I didn't have insurance because I was a brand new entrepreneur. I, I couldn't go get, you know, I, I could have paid out of pocket for, for x-rays, but I was stubborn. I'm just like, I'm just going to figure this thing out. Like nothing's broken, nothing's clicking. You know, I'm, I've been an athlete for a long time. So I know when I'm injured versus hurt. And I think I'm just hurt bad in a lot of places. So I was like, what I, I, I feel so out of alignment coupled with the, the posture I've been using at this desk. Uh, I need to figure something out, started to do research, found that seminal 7 million views foundation training, original 12 minutes with Dr. Eric. And I started to do it. And it sucked. It was really hard from the get-go. I couldn't get all the way into the postures. I had to half-ass it. I couldn't make it for the full 15 or 20 seconds that he was doing, but I stayed with, and I did it every single morning. Every time I got into the float center, I started to do that. And what I found was, like I, like I stated before, was not only was my alignment better and my posture improvement and the pain that was happening on my left side going away, but also I was gaining such strength in my core, not just, not my back, but like my trunk, you know, from below my nipples to my waist um, in the front, in my anterior posture, in the front and the back. And it got to the point where I couldn't go back to those same postures without discomfort because my posture was so good. Now that coupled with floating was, uh, I did some muscle activation training with a friend of mine, uh, at ATI in Bellevue, Washington. And my friend Ben Dragovan works with MLB guys and MLS guys to to do muscle activation training. So I did some work with him, but that was all I did, right? I didn't. I never got an X-ray. I maybe should have. I never. I never did. Um, you know, uh, I never even went to go get chiropractic adjustments. I just did foundation training, flotation therapy, and and maybe once a week do this muscle activation technique. And my body bounced back so crazy fast. It was insane how quickly it worked. And these sorts of postures where it's like a lunge, your foot is out ahead of you, your other foot is back. You know, you're putting your, you're putting your arms forward with your shoulders down, reaching out in front, 
you know, in this sort of like standing yogic sequence, uh, it was so damn effective that I just started to tell most people who were coming into the float center, a lot of people who were coming in the float center were like, my back is fucked. You know, I got, uh, I've got L165, I don't even know the things, but I've got, a, I got all this stuff from high school. I've been in back pain for 30 years. Floating is the only thing that helped. And I said, well, are you doing anything to strengthen? Everybody would say, no, you know, stretching sometimes, foam rolling sometimes. And I said, I check out this link. I'm going to send you this link. And so it was like one after another, after another, and pretty soon 30, 40 people who, who were regular floaters at this, at the float center were coming in and they're like, dude, that, that video that you sent me is absolutely incredible. I, I, I'm not in pain anymore. And, and so I got to see firsthand how it affected me and how it affected literally 30 or 40 other people who have been dealing with back injuries for such a long time. And so it's funny that we're connecting now because I sort of took that for granted. I filed it away, you know, it was like, oh, that's a good thing. I still send the link to people who have, who have bad backs, but, but now I see how it's grown. I see how the, the exercises and the postures and the movements have grown. It's grown in popularity. And um, so I, you know, I, what I, the whole point of me telling that story is that this works, this works, whatever's going on for you in your back, whatever you think is wrong with your back, you have to take a look at this. You have to give it a try because, uh, the pain meds are, are long-term going to be really, really bad for you. You know, uh, if you don't have a way to build strength and fortify your, your physiological systems, you're just going to be susceptible to injury or re-injury or discomfort. So I don't know. I'm sure you've heard stories like that a thousand times, but I don't know how that strikes you. Oh, I love, I, I love hearing them because it, it's, it's amazing to hear. It's a testimony to the work, but it's also empowering for people out there. If they, if they are truly looking for help. And I, I say it to everyone that has that story is the, um, I don't think they realize sometimes how many people are in the dark and hopeless on what's going to help them. And so, you know, you, you being a beacon of light for a lot of people, that's, that's powerful. And, you know, I, I take that and I say for everybody is that there's no magic pill, but if you're willing to do the work, you, you know, Sean's not the unique snowflake that just was lucky and it worked for him. This has become such a common story. I mean, if you, if you read the comments on that video, it's, it's absolutely yeah. insane. The story after story. And you know what I say for everybody and what, what really stood out for me was that, uh, you know, it, it, you take the control, you learn how to fix your body. And, you know, the, the cool thing is now we've evolved it so much from that 12 minute workout. You know, I'd say like, it's very powerful. It's amazing. And at the, if nothing else do that, but we've evolved it in a way too, so that, People coming in going, what do I do? Where do I start? We put together programs on our streaming site where it's phase one, phase two, phase three, where you really learn the depth of the work. And I, I say, hands down, if nothing else, do that workout. But if you want to go far beyond it, that's when I really encourage people to learn the pathways that and the depth where this stuff goes. If, if you're like, man, I really want to put this in my arsenal of helping people, then the first way to start is to really understand it through doing the work. You know, that's my other one is uh, the, the um, best thing I can tell people is the quoting Wim Hof is feeling is understanding. And the more you start to do it, all these, what the heck effects start to come out, the posture, 
that it'll, it'll start to make sense. Oh shit. That only comes with a few weeks of doing that workout, but the back pain, it, it starts to shift. People I'll hear people go, I was in the shower and I found myself going into the founder to pick something up. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Your, your brain starts to go, wow, I feel better when I move this way. And you're subconsciously building muscular endurance. You're training all of these things. I've had, I had a, this, fierce uh fierce client that she's a little chinese lady that i will forever have a huge place in my heart for her because she helped me with a lot of things business wise but she had years of chronic pain story like yours a 12 minute video but she was still having some things going on and we started working together and she paid me to come spend a week with her and we we went deep like every day a couple hours multiple times a day on day four she shows up and she goes jesse i had the biggest crap this morning, like the biggest one. And I'm going, thanks for sharing, Gigi. Why are you telling me this? And she goes, I've had the biggest issues, but I was doing my warm up this morning and I had to go. And I went, well, if you think about it, we've been decompressing you in a way. And she'd been doing the 12 minutes. She'd been doing FD for a while. She was out of pain for, for after 20 years, but it was a sudden, and those, those issues became non-existent. And if you really think about it, she was doing the work right. She was out of pain, but she was still in this compressed tight. She was a big runner. Hips were tucked under, really compressed still. So that other what the heck side effect was we made all this space for her organs and her digestion. Ben Greenfield does posts where he's sitting on the toilet with a sphere of tension, neck long, chest up, and he's decompression breathing. And if you, if you, anybody that's wondering decompression breathing, we work to expand and elevate our rib cage engage the abdominal to maintain space and keep that rib cage from dropping back down. So you're learning to maintain an expansive rib cage when you exhale. There's a lot to that, but that's a simplistic breakdown. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting all these side effects, but that was just a cool one. I go, well, what's that doing for circulation? What's that doing for nerve flow? What's that doing for all these other communications? And when you talk about posture and the what the heck effect, when you're walking around like this, think of mental health. If we're collapsed in, mm. shoulders rounded, head forward, chest down, that is uh, that to me right away, I look at that and like I said before, they're in pain, they're sad. I look at that and I go, what is that mentally doing to our headspace from where we're looking all the time, from collapsing in, compressing nerve flow, compressing that communication of nerves down to your arms, up to your brain, pinning the rib cage down restricting your diaphragm to better breathe, to make better decisions. And then Eric said this the other day on a, on a interview, but if you think about your chest, your solar plexus, okay, that breastbone, your solar plexus is your solar panel. If you think of nothing else, when you're walking through the day and you go, I want to have better posture, elevate your solar plexus, your chest, your solar panel, everyone tap the breastplate right between your pecs, your chest, your boobs, tap that. That's your solar plexus. Lift that up to the sky as your solar panel and feed your soul. Lift your head up off your neck when you're walking around. What does that do for you? Take a big breath and just look around for a moment. Take in your whole arena instead of being hyper-focused on your phone or what's directly in front of you. And watch what that shifts for your perspective, for your mm. breathing, for your posture, for your pain. It's a cascade, you know? Yeah. And so circling back, countless stories at the certification of, of the, doing the 12 minute workout. I had to come learn this, you know, it, it's what compelled me to leave the fire service. I never thought I wouldn't be a fireman and here I am. And mm -hmm. it was story after story, after story, watching 
Number one injury for firefighters, the back injury, watching guys suddenly going, dude, my back pain is gone. And so like, it just, I found myself leaving a 17 year career because I went, this is amazing. And what it's doing for other people, what it's doing for me and what I can do for society as a whole. And for the fire service as a whole, I, I can't stay anymore. I have to leave this thing that I love to start this new career. So I love those stories because it's compelled millions. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. It has, you know, I'm struck by the continued need going into the future for paradigms like this because of the tech neck Mm. (laughs) yeah little tiny kids hunched over for hours and hours a day you know um adults walking around with just their 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 head just totally collapsed forward looking straight down on their phone most of the day right walking around town at their desk at work in, in their house just like totally turned over and what that does to to the physiology so to me we're going to need a lot, a lot of advocacy for, for back strength, for, for correct posture, for mobility, because this is going to get worse. There's, we're going to have a whole generation of, I don't even what they're, what what are they called now? The alpha generation, I think is like the little kids, right? There's like X and Z. And um, I think the alpha, the alpha is like the little, the, the ones who are kids now or, 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 you know, pubescent age, they're, they're living a, hours of their day in this one posture with their head down and their chest curled over watching a screen. And uh, that's going to be bad news uh, when they go through puberty. It's going to be bad news when they get older or when they try to, you know, thrive in sports. It's just, they're, they're just doing just crazy damage. I don't know if you want to respond to that. I do. I do. Cause it, it is, uh, it is something that I, I, watch i i don't judge but i watch and i pay attention and i've had countless parents now talk about 10 year olds 12 year olds 14 year olds with back pain i look around and i see parents giving their kids tablets and i and i, and I say this without judgment i say it to be to please be aware that if your child is just head down dropped in their lap staring at a device all day long that will have long-term ramifications and I, I say to you, I, I've been very privileged uh, to spend time with the surf coach on the North Shore of Oahu, and he trains primarily the young up-and-coming generations, you know, very six, four, five, six-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, and I'm around them a lot now, and they call me man grom when I'm out there. Grom in the surf world is just a term for a kid surfer. But uh, what I see time and again, what I tell them, is, I said, hey, you guys, you know what the difference is going to be between you got the elite and everybody else is the ones that can manage this distraction. And I show them the phone. I go, this will, I go, mark my word. This will, mm. will ruin a lot of years potential of ever being truly great at what you're doing this right here. And it's, it's just, uh, it's breaking this down and you see it in, you see it coming out in the way they move, the way they surf and coach Hart, Kahea Hart. Uh, he's a foundation training instructor. That's, that's how we got connected. And his number one thing that he's, he's hammering kids when they come in is I got to fix the way they're moving now before I can even start worrying about the way they're surfing. You know, he's like, most kids can't hinge their hips back. They're tucking. And he's like, you know, it, it plays into their ability to get into a powerful position on the surfboard, you know? So just getting to see that direct 
carryover. And the kids that are thriving are the ones that really buy into the program and really start to do it. And he's, he's made these great bridges, but for parents, I say the same thing of, you know, it starts by you being the example. I love, I love when parents are sending me videos or tagging me on Instagram of them doing it and their kids doing it with them. And I'm telling you, kids emulate what they see. Yeah. They emulate what they see. And so if you are displaying a parent that wakes up and prioritizes your wellness and your movement, and you live that example and you encourage your kid to do it, Jamie Mitchell, he was bringing his kid to train with me. And I will say this, his kid was the most impressive I've ever had show up and train with me. He's a professional surfer, has back broken over this a uh, couple of months ago. I was rehabbing him uh, to come back. But he, um, he brought his daughter and she did the whole workout. And she was amazing. Hmm. But, you know, this little girl was on it, but she watches dad every day and he yeah. lives this path. And so I know everyone has, a, has life and they have things and they have school there's um we put together some programs on our streaming site as well for kids now we're building that out very slowly one of our team members is an occupational therapist that specializes with children dr goodman's wife um she's written a book on the first uh the first year of life called um shaping your baby's foundation and that's for parents just with a newborn so your newborn things you can do to help reduce the leading reasons why they wind up in physical therapy down the road the way you hold them the way you hold yourself post uh giving birth you know the body goes through a lot there's a lot of positions that holding that extra weight now that we need to be mm. cognizant of don't collapse in one side you know it's deep but there's a lot of tools out there but yes we need to be proactive and we need to really really be thinking collectively towards the future and i say that always even if it's not foundation training finding what works and get them moving kids are kids get bored easy have multiple tools for them yeah Excellent. Excellent. I want to jump into a little bit of a lightning round with you. I want to okay. fire off a bunch of questions and uh, tell me, tell me yes or no. Um, for those that are complicated or require, you know, you can wiggle out if you try, but I'd really love just sort of your snap intuition okay. uh, before we, before we wrap, wrap up our conversation. Um Hanging upside down is good. Yes. Uh, cracking your back is good. Yes. Adjustments from chiropractors are good. Yes, that goes with it. That's what I'm saying when you're cracking. Oh, okay. Cracking your own, but having your buddy do, do the back crack is good. I get, I get him, yeah. If you injure your back, you should lay in bed. Only in the acute phase. Soft mattresses are bad. Very specific to the individual. Uh, Theraguns or compression PT devices on your back are a good idea. Do I have to go yes or no? Can I give my, I know I'm straying away from yes or no. Do you want yes or no? You can caveat. Okay. Just quickly though. Cause I got a couple yeah, more. Yeah. Yes. Within re everything is going to always going to be yes within reason. And you have to, you have to gauge for yourself, but I think the gun is great done in certain ways, but yeah, I think it's great. Okay. Foam rolling on directly on your back is a good idea. 
absolutely, even though people have loved to, like, I think Instagram is creating people wanting to hate on foam rolling. There's tons of benefits. People love it. Make it a breathing meditation, though. I'm going to encourage that. Uh, foam rolling on the side of your body is good. Absolutely. Get up into the armpit. Get that sensitive upper lat area where your lat's kind of going towards the, the uh, shoulder joint. Really get in there and give that love. But again, gentle, breathe, ease your body into it, smile so that your body can relax into it. And then when you're done, whether it's hanging, whether it's foam rolling, whether it's the gun, when you're done, do some foundation training, tension up your body to take up the space and maintain that space for you. Weight belts are always necessary in the gym for squats and cleans. Negative. Weight belt. Weight belts have a great place. I recommend the, the Breath Belt 360. They're a training tool, and most people use them wrong. Awesome. Those are. That's all I've got. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> of of those of those questions, you know, the hang upside down, uh, chiropractic adjustment, um, mattresses uh theraguns is there any is there any one that you feel really really strongly about one way or the other or that you want to i think explain? okay i'm gonna i'll give a broad stroke to all of it i think they're all great tools within reason i think it's very important as you tune in what works for your body what doesn't you want to have a team though you want to have a chiro that you can see and get work done and worked on you want to have a you know you want to have an acupuncturist you want to have a you know no i don't look at any one thing as being bad i i definitely go for a hard mattress i'm going to say that i think most people that's the softest is leading into that breakdown of collapsing and being pulled in there on yourself but i think um it's just really important to to take time to figure out what works for you with with cairo with i get massages i do a lot of stretching i i get adjusted i'm always going to do 10 to 15 minutes of foundation training towards the or like if i go to yoga you probably see me doing a little bit of FT threading throughout because I want to I want to take up the space and I want to have my muscles tensioned and tuned to support me and to support the space again. As far as um, hanging goes, I, I'll hang upside down. I hang every day if that option is available for me. I think it's amazing for our shoulders. Um, but again, I'm going to do a little bit of FT threading in and through all of that. But uh, there was one other one towards the end there that was that I was going to touch Fair, on the Theragun, weight belts weight belts so weight belts i, I don't want to leave people with that that statement of that most people use them all okay so that is that is not what, what we're doing with a weight belt is you're learning to breathe into your abdominal to create intra-abdominal pressure to stabilize and support the low spine so when you see a weight belt especially in weightlifting it's, it's not that you're putting that on to now put stability to the low back although you are it's not just meant to push against your low back. You cinch that down and then you're breathing into the lower abdominal and you're going to contract the abdominal. So you'll hear, and I say, I recommend Pavel Sutsulin's book, The Naked Warrior goes into depth on this, but you can find it. Chris Duffin of, um, of uh, Kabuki Strength talks, great YouTube videos on this, but you're, you're breathing in and contracting the low abdominal to support and stabilize your spine when lifting weights and it becomes a skill. Really, really important though, there's a difference between just distending your belly, breathing into the belly where you're pushing it out versus breathing into the low back across the sides and lower abdominal. So breathing into your groin, if you will, to engage like a 360 around your abdominal 
and lock that down. Very different. So you want to practice these things. Strong first kettlebells, harps on this. I'm a big fan of it um, and being really good at it. Awesome. Oh, that's, 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 that's great. Where can people find you? Uh, I got, got one more. I've got one more after this. I've got one more fill in the blank question, but where, where would you send people online if they want to learn more about what you do or foundation training overall? If you want to learn more about foundation training, simply it's foundationtraining.com. If you're going, I want to try this, uh, you can go to our streaming site, which is ftstreaming.com and do two weeks for free. Start the baseline, but do it every day and see how you feel. And, and but, but be consistent. It's not going to work if you don't show up and do the work. Um, you can find me easiest Instagram coach J Salas, S-A-L-A-S. And I'm, I work to be pretty involved on there. Um, and then otherwise, uh, jesse at foundationtraining.com is my email. You can always email me there, but I generally am, am uh, pretty interactive on social media, answering questions and trying to trying to pop on the FT uh, Instagram handle and do lives. Yeah, your your Instagram presence is a treasure trove of exercises and education. So I, if anybody's like really vibing with this and they're thinking, man, this really could be this could be impactful for me, I I, I really suggest that you go check out. Uh, uh, Jesse's Instagram because it's just got so many great things. Uh, so the, the the last question is a fill in the blank question, and this can be based on just about whatever you know, the things that you know to be true. This can be about the body. This can be about whatever you wish in your life experience. You can elaborate as much or as little as possible, and please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Mm. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Oh, everyone would benefit from knowing a little bit more about their own body and through physical activity, through studying and through being open to learn from others, you know, being, being, uh, you know, constantly curious to learn and figure out new things about your body and what, what works and what doesn't, you know, mm. that's, um, that's my big one is finding, finding what works best for you and, and uh, really investing into it because knowing more about your body, you're going to, you're going to start to appreciate a little bit more, maybe prioritize it in that process, but knowing more about your body and yeah, knowing, knowing uh, how you're moving, where you're moving from, knowing you know how you're breathing where are you breathing from what's the quality of your breathing is it through your nose through your mouth or can you breathe into your belly can you slow down your inhale can you slow down your exhale can you speed them up what does that do for you you know um the the biggest life changers i've seen has been finding a, a real honed movement practice and breathing practice and they start to slowly complement each other but it seems to help people get control of the way they're feeling and functioning, get better control of day-to-day -day emotions. And, um, you know, I, I've been uh, amazed at what a accidental venture into breathing stuff did for me and movement practices have done for me. And it completely changed my whole life path. And so uh, I recommend get to know it, get to know your body, get to know mm -hmm. the vessel you're in because 
whether you want it or not, at some point there's going to be, um, you know, a demand of accountability, whether it's good or bad, you know? And so um, I think that uh, it's uh, injuries can be a gift for some people. It really has turned up and it's shifted their path. But um, you know, I just hope for everybody that anybody that's gotten this point is that they are compelled or inspired or at least had a few laughs and want to uh, want to explore it some more. Jesse Salas, thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean.